are listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our hope is for you to be encouraged and to connect with God during this message. If you'd like to know more about Thornapple Valley Church, visit tvcweb.com. TVC, how you guys doing this morning? Awesome. Delton Middleville, good to see you with us online. Uh, excited for to be back with you. If you were not here a couple weeks ago, my name is Brad. I'm a pastor of a church in Howell, Michigan called Agape City Church. But Keith and I have been brothers uh, doing ministry together for years and years, and I'm honored anytime he has me come back and speak. And I'm honored to be able to speak during this series uh, that we're going into this summer. We're doing Netflix and Grill. Uh, but, but what we're doing is like looking at Netflix shows and kind of jumping off of those into like, you know, talking about God's truth and the truth in his word. And uh, that show you just saw the clip for, that's a show called uh, the, the Outer Banks. Uh, I don't know if, you know, if, here's the thing about Netflix, okay? I feel like every show starts off great, and then after episode three, it's like, I can't even anymore. I just... Is it just me? Like, it's, it's so hard finding, like, a good show. You're like, you, you find a premise, and you're like, oh, that's, that's going to be great. And then three episodes in, you're just like, no, no, next one. Going on to the next one. Um, but this show started off wild. Uh, it's called Outer Banks on Netflix. And, and really what it is, it's, it's a show about these, you know, modern-day teenagers who are just, you know, living the summer fun life in, in North Carolina. And they find themselves in the middle of a real-life treasure hunt. And that was the concept to me that I latched on to, this idea of a treasure hunt. I mean, who gets to do that? Like, let me ask you this. Has anybody here ever been on a treasure hunt? Has anybody, and, yeah, okay, a couple people, all right. Has anybody, like, at least has anybody, like, went to Gatlinburg and you panned for gold? A couple people, okay, a couple people get that, okay. Yeah, more people need to have treasure hunts. That's what I think. So this is what I'm going to do. I am for sure going to have a treasure hunt in my life. And this is how it's going to work, okay? My daughter's here. She, she's here with me today. She's 14 years old. So not now, not now. <laughs> but one day, she's going to fall in love, and she's going to get married, and she's going to have a baby. This is what I'm going to do. When that baby is born, I am going to go out into my town in Howell, Michigan, and I'm going to find like a secluded spot maybe a cemetery or like this like you know someplace in the woods and I'm gonna dig a hole and I'm gonna get one of those time capsule things and I'm gonna put like a bible like a letter I'm gonna put like a pocket watch and some like some money or something in it and I'm gonna bury it then I'm gonna go online and I'm gonna buy an old-timey looking map of our city you see where this is going on the back of it, I'm going to put a whole bunch of clues. I'm going to put this, like, this obscure kind of X on the, on the map. And I'm going to just put it on my newborn grandchild's wall. And I'm just going to let that sit there for like eight years. <laughs> then one day when the kid's like eight years old, I'm going to be like, huh, that's weird. What, what's up with that picture? And when, when the child takes it off, I'm going to like open it up. And we're going to go on a treasure hunt. And they're going to find a real treasure. <laughs> like, oh, is that awesome? It's just me. I'm going to do it. It's going to be a blast. Hey, if you're a grandparent in this room and your, child, your grandchild's been born last year, it's not too late. You just dig a hole. You can do it. Let me know how it goes. I got, I got some time. But, uh, 
But I want to go on a treasure hunt uh, so bad because it just seems like it's, it's so fun, exhilarating, and exciting. And, and here's what's true. What we're doing with our faith, what we're doing with our life, it's, it literally is like a treasure hunt. Like you should realize that. Like as followers of Jesus Christ, the way we live out our faith, we are living this real life treasure hunt experience. Um, but it's not a treasure that's buried. It's a treasure that is in the presence of God. In fact, let me read this to you. If, if you have a Bible with you or a Bible app on your phone, you can open it to Matthew chapter 6. But Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is talking at this point in the Bible, and he's talking about, you know, treasures and how we're supposed to interact with treasures. And, and he says this interesting thing. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where moths and uh, vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Uh, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But we read that. And as a pastor, and, and, and what people usually ask me is like, what does that mean? What does that mean? But here's what's interesting. That's a very American way of approaching this text. You need to know this. Uh, like, like, I always say this. Like, I'm, I'm kind of done performing sermons. I want to teach people the Bible. And there's a resource that, that is uh, online for you. It's, it's a book that you, if you've never read it, it's, it's worthwhile. It's a book called Misreading Scripture with Western Eyes. Misreading Scriptures with Western Eyes. And what this book talks about is the fact that we live in, in a Western culture, the United States of America. But Scripture was not written in a Western culture. It was written in an Eastern, or at the very least, Middle Eastern culture. So the way that they just culturally think and operate sometimes is a little bit different. To the point where, in Western culture, whenever we read something, the question we tend to ask ourselves is, what does that mean? What does that mean? Love your neighbor. What does that mean? Don't store up yourself treasures on earth, but put your treasures in heaven. What does that mean? But for Hebrew people... When they read scripture, they don't, the question they ask is never, what does it mean? When Hebrew people read scripture, the question they ask is, how do I do that? How do I do that? That's why to this day, you can go to Jerusalem right now today, and there are people who have these little headbands on with little boxes, and in these little boxes are little tiny scrolls of scripture. Because in the Bible, it says that you're supposed to put the word of God on your head and on your heart. So these, these rabbis, to this day, they'll have little rolls of scriptures in boxes. They'll wear them like, like Rambo, just, word of God, you know? And they have like a, a little box on their wrist that has like a strap that goes up their arm to their heart. When they read scripture and said, put the word of God in your head and your heart, they didn't say, what does that mean? They said, how do I do it? And they literally did it. So when Jesus says, don't, don't put your treasures on this earth, put them in heaven. Here's the question I have for you. How do you do that? How do you get your treasure to heaven? Like, do you link your 401k? Is that what we're talking about? Does God accept Bitcoin, right? Are you just like getting like blocks of gold and you're just chucking it up there? How do you get treasure into heaven? As you continue reading the Bible, you start to understand something. The Apostle Paul really highlights it well in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You don't have to turn there. We'll put it on the screen. But talking about treasure, this is what the Apostle Paul says. 2 Corinthians 4 says this, but we 
have this treasure. And look where it is. In jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. So Paul says, we have a treasure, and, and it's in this jar of clay. Now, I don't have time to fully unpack it, but you need to understand this. This, this jars of clay, it's, it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor for something that's temporary. Just like, just like we have Ziploc, you know, containers, right? It'd be like if you had your life savings in a Ziploc bag, right? It's like we, he says, our lives are the jars of clay, that, that, that we're not permanent. Just like clay is, can be used, but it's going to be smashed. It's not going to last the stand of time. It, it is a temporary product. He says, understand this. Human beings are temporary. Your body will break down. You will get sick. You will pass away. Like your body is temporary. But God said, but I put my Holy Spirit in that body. I put this, I put this treasure in a jar of clay that I know it's going to get broken. And I know it's going to, it's going to go to the grave one day. But, but that treasure, that treasure doesn't go to the grave. The treasure I put in the jar, the jar goes to the trash. That treasure goes home. So that's how we put our treasure in heaven. Literally, by investing the Spirit of God in other people. Like as we encourage other people, as we lead people to the saving knowledge of Jesus, as we ourselves become more emboldened with the Holy Spirit within us, the treasure of God, the kingdom of God is welling up in us. And that goes to heaven. So what we need to do as followers of Jesus is stop storing up treasures on earth. Because I'm telling you, houses don't go to heaven. Cars don't go to heaven. Boats don't go to heaven. Souls do. And so if you want to store up your treasure in heaven, you need, you need to invest in the souls of the people around you. You should invest in your own soul. That is how we get the true treasure into heaven. So how do we do it? How do we invest in people's souls? All throughout the New Testament of the Bible, there's these phrases. They're called one another phrases. One another. And that's worth writing down because you should know this. There's 59 one another phrases in the New Testament of the Bible. These are verses that Jesus gives us and the Apostle Paul gives us that tells us how we should interact with one another. And as we live out these verses, we, we, we can then know that we are, we are putting our treasure in other people well. And that treasure will get to heaven. And so what I want to do with my time is I want to just open up the Bible. I want to give you five. I want to give you five of these one another passages. Like I said, there's 59 of them. But I'm going to give you five. And there's going to be, this week, you're going to go to work. You're going to have five different work days. What if we considered one of each of these, one another passages, and we lived it out, we did it, didn't ask what it meant, we asked how can I do it this week for the glory of God. I think it would have impact and treasure would grow in heaven. Do this for me. If you have your Bible, let me show you the very first, the very first one another passage in the Bible was given to us by Jesus himself. It's in John chapter 13. And in John chapter 13, this is Jesus' first one another passage that he's going to open up his disciples' eyes to. And he's sitting with his disciples, and this is what it says. John chapter 13, verse 34 says this. A new command I give you. I, I, I just got to stop right there because like, when we read scripture, like we could, we see the whole scripture, right? Like you, you, you know where this is going. Like you see the whole scripture. But don't forget, 
this happened. Like the disciples were sitting with Jesus. Jesus was just talking to them. And could you imagine what they thought when Jesus says, hey guys, uh, you want to hear a new commandment? A new one? We haven't had a new one since the Big Ten. You know what I'm saying? Like, like can you imagine? Like, like, I mean, like, that had to be like, I mean, you saw Jesus preach with authority. You saw him heal the sick. And then he's like, hey, you want to you wanna hear a new commandment? Yes, please. Like, I just imagine the disciples as being hyped. They're like, yeah. And he goes, okay, okay, okay. Here's the new commandment. Love one another. That's not new. That's not new. That was, that was literally like one of the first commandments. That's like, that, that, that's the Shema, Deuteronomy 6. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Like, that's not new, right? Followers of Jesus and followers of the Lord should have love in their heart. That's not a new commandment. But, but look at the modifier that Jesus gives them because it's the modifier that makes it a new command. Jesus says, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, that's the modifier, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Jesus says, the way I left comfort to come down to risk, that's how you love one another. The way I gave up my will for God's will, that's how you love one another. The, the way that I sacrificed for you, that's how you love one another. How I have loved you, I incarnated with you, I sat with you, I ate with you, I dignified you when you were a prostitute and a tax collector. When I, as I have loved you, love one another. That is the new command. Do what I did. Now, I told you last time I came here, you know, I have a church in Howell. The name of my church is Agape City. Agape is that Greek word for unconditional love. I am all about the love of God because I think it's real and powerful. And, and, and when I named the church Agape, what, the working definition I had for love, and I love this, is um, to be alive is to suffer. If you're living, you either are suffering or you're going to suffer at some point. It turns out these bodies don't get better with age, Okay. To be alive is to suffer, but the willingness to step into someone else's suffering, that's agape. That's love. Jesus stepped into our sin. He stepped into our chaos. He stepped into our pain. And we ought to love one another how he loved us. Step into each other's lives. Enrich one another. So that that person's soul, when it goes to heaven, is full with the Spirit of God. So that's the first one. Love one another. I told you I'm going to give you five. I got to go faster with these four, okay? Love one another. Now, here's the thing. If you're going to love one another, and this is where we're going to spend the rest of our time for this morning, go ahead and flip over to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, if you look at verse 9, it says, Paul's going to say this. If you're going to love one another, this is what you need to know. Romans 12, 9, love must be sincere. It must be sincere. We have to stop faking it. We got to stop putting on a good face. We have to stop pretending like we're followers of Jesus. We have to really start doing it. It has to be sincere. And if you sincerely don't have a lot of love in your life, then sincerely just be a jerk and try to get better. Because God loves you, even if you are frustrated or frustrating, 
but we should grow in love and we should grow in being that. And so we need to be sincere with who we are and seek to grow to be more like Christ and more like his love. Love must be sincere. And then right on the heels of this, Paul's going to give us, he's going to give us more of these one another phrases. Like I said, I'm going to give you five today. I already took, gave you one, love one another. That was from Jesus himself. Look what Paul says here. The next thing, verse 10, be devoted to one another in love. Be devoted to one another in love. That, just that first half of that verse, that's the second one. Be devoted to one another. TVC, what is your level of devotion to one another? Because I, I see you. I see you right now. You all attend this church. But are you devoted to this church? You're all sitting in a room with one another. But are you devoted to one another? Can I say a statement that's going to be a little, little edgy here? And, I, and if this is you, I promise I'm not picking on you. I'm just being real with me, okay? As I live in Michigan and as I pastor churches in Michigan, it baffles me that people are more devoted to the lions than they are the Lord. <laughs> and I'm not saying it's wrong to root for the lions. I'm not saying it's wrong to get excited for the lions. I'm just saying, why do you expect them to be good? This is not the year. It's never the year. This is not the coach. It's never the coach. Like, like this, but this, let's go with me on this. This is what I'm talking about, devotion. Usually men, but not, not exclusively, people will watch a whole Lions season. The season where they didn't get a single victory. The whole season. That's like, that's like almost impossible to do. People will watch a whole season of the Lions being terrible, and they go, oh, but next year is the year. Because I'm devoted. And that devotion leads to optimism. Like it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Because I'm committed to this. And it's going to get better. I'm not changing teams. This is going to get better. How can you stick with the Lions for 16, 17, some of you all, 30 years? You know. But then you'll go to a church service and be like, oh, I didn't like their coffee. Eh. Oh, you know, that, uh, that one person was, uh, nah. We'll go to a church service and, say, and experience one thing that's off, and we'll say, well, that, that's a bad church, and we will it was walk away because we have no devotion. But you will sit through anything for that football team. Jesus says, or Paul says, be devoted to one another. And what that means is you've got to give each other grace. You've got to give each other time to improve. You've got to give each other truth so we know how to improve. And we got to stop throwing each other away as the church. Jesus' prayer was for us to be unified in one, and we've got to lean into that. Love one another. Be devoted to one another. Look at the next right here in the second half of that verse 10. It says, uh, be devoted to one another. And then it says, honor one another above yourselves. Honor one another above yourselves. I just did a funeral yesterday. It was a 54-year-old woman. Um, who got a, a rare diagnosis of a health disease, and she fought hard for a year, and uh, she, her body did succumb, and she passed away. And as I was doing that funeral service, you know, two things dawned on me. Like, one, first off, like, flowers on flowers on flowers, okay? Like, she had a jungle up there around her. Like this woman was so loved, uh, and I think it's probably with her being young as well, there's just a wall of flowers, right? And then 
people started to come up to eulogize her and they just talk about her faith and her legacy and her love and her love of the Lord and how much it meant to her. And they said all these great things about her. Joelle was truly honored in that service. But as I sat in that service and I knew I was going to come and preach this message, I was convicted. And here's what I'm, here's what I'm not going to do anymore. I am done waiting until people are dead to give them honor. We need to honor one another now. If you have a compliment, give it. If you have encouragement, give it. If you have a kind word, give it. If someone impacted your life, let them know it. Like we need to do better at honoring one another while they're alive. Literally give them the roses while they can smell them. We have to honor one another better as the church. And so love one another and be sincere about that. Be devoted to one another. Don't be so quick to throw each other away or throw away your congregation. This is your church family. And I didn't throw away my brother when he used to pick on me and sit on my head, right? We figured it out. And now my brother is my best friend. Honor one another. Stop holding back encouragement, compliments. Stop holding back when God is calling you to speak his truth. Love one another. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another. And if you go down a, a few verses, verses 16, here's another one another. Right here, Romans chapter 12, verse 16, another one another is live in harmony with one another. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people with low position and do not be conceited. Live in harmony with one another. TVC, I feel like I need to say this. Um, I'm, I'm honored every time I get to come back here and preach with you all and hang out with you all. And, and I'm pretty sure Keith's going to invite me back again. I think so. I'm pretty sure. Um, but in case I don't make it back before 2024, I just want to say this. I don't know if you know this or not, but there's an election coming up. <laughs> Romans 12, 16 says live in harmony with one another. Live in harmony with one another. You know what you cannot do? You cannot harmonize a note with the same note. It's the same note. To make a harmony, you need a different note. You need a third. You need a fifth. Maybe a diminished seventh if my choir teachers are in the room. Anyway, you need a different note that harmonizes with the original note. It's different, but it's amplifying that same tonal quality. Like, like up here this morning, like, you, you know, you saw the band up here. We have drummers and electric guitar and bass and acoustic and singers. They're not doing the same thing. They don't have the same giftings. But everything they're doing is making the same song happen. They're in harmony with one another. They're not, in, they're not unity. They're, they're not um, uniformity. They're not, they're not doing the same thing. They have unity. They're on the same mission. TVC, please don't forget that going into this next year. You are different people. In a church this size, I'm sure there's people of different political parties. I'm sure there's men and women. I'm sure there's people of different races and genders. I'm sure there's people with, who are well off and people who are struggling to get by financially. I'm sure there's people who are highly educated. I'm sure there's people who bless their heart. I mean, I'm sure, like, <laughs> we're not the same people. We don't have to be the same people. But we've got to find harmony. We've got to find harmony. And we got to amplify the same kingdom, the same mission, the same calling 
love. Love one another, be devoted to one another, honor one another, be in harmony with one another. And I'll leave you with the last one. You can see it there in Romans chapter uh, 12, verse 18. It's one of my favorite verses. You know, it says, you know, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with those around you. But really what that means to me is to be patient with one another. We've got to be patient with one another. We have to give each other time. We have to make allowances for when people mess up. And that's not my opinion. That's Holy Scripture. The Apostle Paul says this in Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 4, this is what Paul says. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. If you keep reading, it says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. We have to be patient with one another. People are going to offend you. People are going to let you down. But we got to stop burying them for their offenses. Because I'm not putting my treasures in the ground. I'm putting my treasures in heaven. And I want to forgive my brother or sister. I want to be patient with my brother or sister. I want to honor my brother and sister, be devoted to my brother and sister. I want to love my brother and sister so that everything I pour into them, I get to see in its fullest glory when I am with them in heaven for eternity. And the reason we have to do this is because God already did. God will never ask you to do something he is not willing to do himself. And when God says be patient with one another, you need to know that our God was patient with us. Second Peter chapter 3 says this. It says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance. God wants everyone to bring their treasure to heaven. TVC, what are you doing with yours? Are you spending, wasting time, spending it on material things that will stay on this earth? Are you burying people and just throwing human beings away, also burying your treasures on this earth? Or are you enriching one another Loving one another, devoted to one another, honoring one another, harmony with one another, being patient with one another. Are you carrying each other's burdens? Because as you do that, you are storing up treasures in heaven. That's how you do it. Let me pray for you, TBC. Father God, I come before you. I thank you so much for this congregation. I thank you for their willingness to open your word, their willingness to hear God from you. And Father, I pray now for boldness. I pray for boldness for my brothers and sisters in this room, that even going into this week ahead of us, as they think of these five one another's that they've heard, God, would you give them eyes to see and a heart to just have, just to feel opportunities to lean into these and to put their treasures in each other well. Father, that's my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. If you found this message encouraging, we invite you to share it. For more information, visit tbcweb.com.